P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So, Kyle, we're live today again. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, uh, yeah. You're going to hear a lot of walk-in accents today. I don't think we can help it. John, my boy. <laughs> That's what he's... Yeah. John, yeah. my boy. <laughs> Who's... Yeah. Touch... Play a little, little touch. Squib. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Walken. So yes, we're doing a late quartet today. So so Christopher Walken, he's. I guess just just tune in, just tune in, and listen to us. He's an instrument. <laughs> he is an instrument himself. Imagine imagine playing a Walken phone or something. Like just <laughs> like, oh wow, he's like an accordion. He's like, an accordion <laughs> of a man, an Oscar-winning accordion. The best deer hunter. Is that was he best? That's actor? a funny movie. <laughs> Hilarious. That's supporting. It's supporting. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, who's the lead? I guess in De Niro. Hunter? It's all about De Niro. He's on the mountain. He's shooting True, a deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the deer hunter. <laughs> He's the deer hunter. You're right. That's a movie with. Uh, well, you don't have to get into the deer hunter. Yeah, let's get into this Facebook. Yes, live. let's 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 do it live. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it live. Woo! <laughs> Iggy Pop. Amen. Let it rain. I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, oh, that's a Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Cool, yeah. yeah. Now, are you ready to do this? Guess who's back? I'm excited. Back again. I'm, I'm pumped. You're you re- pumped. Yeah. You ready to start? I am. Oh yes. Let's get in position. Yeah. You Even though we're very tight cello. right now. Yeah. You to, yeah. Your cello. No. Yeah, of the quartet, what would you be? I I, I'm, I've, I would love to play piano. A piano. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could like to be. Piano. I love to play piano. <laughs> so what did you mean? Violin. Violin. Yeah. Violin. No, no. I could. Uh, you're the you're the mo- closest to a classically trained musician between the two of us. Sure, yeah. As you were yeah. a, a drum. Major. I was I was in many I was in the wind symphony and I played percussion I played timpani which is a very orchestral. Mm, true, the timpani. Yes, that's like the, that's like the. What's a timpani? It, those are the big. It's like usually uh, four drums. And it's like they're copper looking on the outside. Oh, uh, okay. Like, boom, okay. Boom, boom, I know boom, nothing brrr, about you know, All that good stuff. So let's begin, I guess, right? Yeah. Hey, Hoff fans. Welcome to this very special edition of the P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez in and the flesh. I'm Kyle Reinfried also in, in the, flesh. the flesh as well. In Live and in living color. And in a hat. We're always home, we're always uncool, we're always ready to talk great movies. And Kyle, we're literally in your home today. Yes, and we're late. We apologize, Yes, but it's a late quartet. We did that on purpose. <laughs> not really. Comedians. But we are a little late, and if you're listening to this, then you're not watching this, because we are on Facebook Live today. Is that how that works? That's Well, you could watching. be listening and watching, but I mean, if you're just listening, you're not watching. Why have the TV and the speaker going at the same time? I like to party. <laughs> <laughs> that is not from this film. No, that's from Talladega Nights. A very similar film. <laughs> very similar film. No. Very similar. So we're talking about a late quartet today. A late quartet. This is one of the few movies of this podcast I had not seen 
until, you know. Oh, okay. That's one of, always one of my first questions. So I had not seen this either. This is a movie Virgins, that... Both of us. Okay. <laughs> this is a movie, though, that I remember it coming out, mm-hmm. and I remember being excited to see it, because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is good. This is Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. and it looks like he's going to be in a good, good film. Yeah. And by the time, like, I guess I was ready to see it or whatever, it didn't yeah. go opening night, it was out of theaters. Oh, and I was like, "Oh, okay." It only made like a million something dollars, so yeah. And looks, which is, I guess, it was a flop. I don't know, but but yeah, I mean, that definitely that falls into like flop territory. But it was also like indie style, so it might, like maybe they weren't going for the money. It didn't but, look like an indie film, though. But it, no, but it had a pretty low budget. I forgot what. Yeah, the budget yeah. Was. Well, it's a first. It's kind of like a first. He's a first time. This is like the only thing this guy really directed. Yeah, it was like a documentary. Now and since, it's very weird. Y- uh, Yaron. Z- Z- Zil- Zilberman? Yaron Zilberman. I know he is an Israeli director. Oh, Israeli. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's like a... I'm sorry. I think it's Zohan or Munich. Very good to stereotype people through Adam Sandler tropes. <laughs> Regardless. Um, yeah, no, I mean, he does a bang-up job. We were talking about um, before this... Yeah. How it was weird that this is nominated for like zero awards, not even like critical top ten lists. Christopher Walken should have been nominated Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, I, I, just... Hoffman's amazing in this too. Yes, he's amazing. Catherine Keener's amazing. Even this other actor, uh, Mark Ivanir. Yeah, Mark Ivanir. And and I love. Uh, well, it's one of the greatest names of all time, but I don't know if I say it correctly. But Imogen Poots. Imogen. Imogen. Imogen Poots. Poots. Yeah, she That's does a great, great too. name, and she's and she's also she's I love her. She was on a really good show. It was called Roadies. It was produced by Cameron Crowe. Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah, it was on Showtime one season. Canceled. Cameron Crowe, who directed Almost Famous, which was the last one we did Facebook Live. Yes, we've done one previous Facebook Live, and we were in Chicago. Tri Town. We're in Ho Ho Town. Hoboken. Broboken. Hoboken, New Jersey, town. just yeah. outside Manhattan. Yes, where this film largely takes place. This exclusively. Oh, I thought you were saying it takes lar- place largely outside of Manhattan. No, it takes. No, no, no. It Manhattan. takes place in Manhattan, in Central yes. Park, in in the Upper West Side. As someone who spends in my day job, I spend a lot of time in the Upper West Side. I work in the Upper West Side. Yes. Great locations. It's always good to see our guy Philip Seymour Hoffman in New York. Yeah, doing his was, thing. Yeah. So this is obviously a later Hoffman. Well, Hunger film. Games takes place. Yes. <laughs> this is obviously a later Hoffman film. Yes. And we were a little curious. Like you said, you hadn't seen this one. Is this his last New York movie? Um, I don't know, because I haven't seen them all. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think New York is underwater in uh, the Hunger Games, Hunger Games, yes. He's got, like, a Philly movie coming up, and Most Wanted Man is, like, abroad in Germany and stuff. The whole thing's in Germany? As I recall, but maybe... Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway. Wow, so this could be Philip Sommerhoffen's last New York film. Yeah, that's sad. So before we dive into this, and I definitely want, like, I can't wait to discuss this film. Kyle, why don't you tell us uh, what this film's about in, in your classic way? And I'll just stare at you. Excuse me for looking down at my notes. I think people will forgive you. <clears throat> the Fugue is a string quartet that is celebrating their 25th year performing together. When Peter... The cellist or cellist, cellist, cellist. It's cellist, cellist but it's, pronu- it's spelled cellist. It's spelled cellist yeah. with an S. No, but like, se- like there's no, you know. But that's how you spell cello as well. 
Cholo. Anyway, uh, and well, oldest member. How did you member... think they spelled cello? No, for yeah. Weren't I... you in a band? Did you lead a band? That didn't have a cello in it. That was a marching band. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, and oldest member, <laughs> he finds out that he has early signs of Parkinson's. He decides he will perform once more, then retire. This isn't the only out-of-tune situation. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry to oh, be wow. light okay. on Parkinson's, I guess. Uh, Robert and Jules' marriage is in danger of ending, and Daniel is falling in love with Robert and Jules' daughter, Alexandra. So that's you, fair. You got Peter. He's the uh, cellist, and or the cellist, or the cellist, as, as you put it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Pacificer. I was in high school, though. It's okay. Um, Good inside jokes are great for for podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and then we've got Robert. That's our main man, PSH, and he is second violin. And then we've got Jules or Juliet, his wife, played by Catherine Keener, and she is playing the viola. And then you've got Daniel, who is first violin and was like a stud at Juilliard and asked the teacher, uh, Peter Mitchell, again, played by the just incredible. Walken's one of those actors. You got your De Niro's, you got your Pacino's that are, you know, then Walken that is just like playing the characters of themselves in later years. Yeah, but exactly. Like, he, he can still bring it when he wants. Yeah. He does what he wants. I was going to ask you to do your walk-in in a, in a few, but he does, like, the, he takes the roles he wants, but when he, this is a good reminder that he still has dramatic chops. I feel like younger people, I mean, from, yeah. like, Fat Boy Slim on, yeah. like, know him <laughs> for, like, comedy stuff. Yeah. L- L- which he's awesome. Which he, he is, is awesome. awesome at. He is awesome. At. I love, it's, I mean, it's a silly movie, Joe Dirt, I love when he's like, you talk to my man all rock. <laughs> Talk to him like that again. Stab you in the face with a sign, Ryan. (laughs) Or Wedding Crashers, even. And he's not like the most hilarious guy in the movie. What's his... What's it? Blank, my boy. What is it? Sack, my boy. Sack. I'm going to play a little touch. Go out of the sailor. (laughs) (laughs) Seaman. So many other... Whatever. But yeah, he's known even like... it was on TV today. That movie, Balls, Balls of Fury. Oh, the Balls of Fury. Movie. Yeah, He's like the but we're talking. Guy. This is this is <laughs> you know a small role. Annie Hall, Deer Hunter. Well, yeah, he won an Oscar for Deer Hunter. Yeah. So this is this is the first time. This is the first time Hoffman and Walken are together, and the only time, unfortunately, they had performed in a play together. I read. Ah. So they they did know each other, and he said he was really looking forward to working with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and, and well, they're happy they got the chance. Yeah, I read a great thing by uh, Catherine Keener saying that. She uh, was always like all of them, meaning, I guess, uh, Mark Eivner herself and Philip Seymour Hoffman, that they just always wanted to make Christopher Walken, not that he was mean, but they just always wanted to make him happy because, like, just to, because he's just a legend. They're working with a legend. This is like him going back to Flawless, working with De Niro, and then Streep with Doubt. This is like... but And it's funny, it's almost meta in a way, right? Because he is the older one in the quartet. Yes. And he's also the older one of the, this... Of their craft, of their, of their, their talent. Four. Yeah. And they're, like, almost everything they do is looking up to him. So yeah, it, they do so, not... So it, it's funny that way. I read inter- another interesting thing about Christopher Walken on this film. He said he, he loved doing it because he could... He could walk to work. Apparently, I mean, he must live in the Upper West Side. He's always walking. <laughs> wow. I fed you that one. Alley oop. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> or that's that wouldn't. That was a, yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. So these like I'm doing hand signals and I'm realizing it's not going to translate to our podcast audience. 
Oh no, yeah. There's also we're doing Facebook Live, but yeah, you guys, mo- I'm you know, going to be more people probably uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. So yes, I was doing some some hand signals but, uh, yeah. for for just just feel me there. Go okay? on our Facebook and and then watch the video yeah. after you listen to the podcast so that we get double clicks. Yes. <laughs> Regardless, um, so uh, he told a story that he was picked up one day, brought to set, forgot his script. Walked back home, got the script, came back to set, and nobody noticed. You know, and he said it was like one of the greatest things ever. Which is. Did I mean, ever tell you my walk-in production story? No, please. So it was one of the Indulge earliest us. gigs I did, and we were in. I always mix up the two. Washington Square has the fountain, correct? As it's opposed like the, to what's the, the other? I always think Union's like Union Square, Washington Square. Yeah, Washington Square has like the fountain. Yeah, the right? arch. Yeah, the, no, I know the arch, but yeah. Okay. So it was, it was Washington Square, and. It was like summertime, warm out. I think it was a commercial for a watch. I know he's in a nice suit. A watch. It doesn't. Yeah. Watch. Whoa. What time is it? That is. We have to talk. Like, I mean, you're a man. You love the Mets. You love Queens. This is a Queens guy. You yeah, know? but he, but he's also like I read. He also sp- like spent his a lot of most of his formative years in the Upper West Side. Ah. Okay. So it works well for this film. Yes. But anyway, so uh, we're on we're on lunch, and in this in this commercial, he's supposed to be like, you know, I mean, that's a very shallow fountain kind of area, and he's supposed to be in the fountain, and he gets like gets in it at one point, and so we're on lunch. He's already done that like that part of it, and then he's just kind of walking around uh, in the fountain. And then, like, we're just kind of like, you know, he looks like he's like practicing his lines or just whatever. He's Christopher Walken. He can do, he can do whatever he wants. And then he walks past yeah. us, and we're all trying to like not paying attention, but it's Christopher Walken. And we kind of like look past us, like look at him, like as he passes, and he kind of stops and then turns back around. Oh, I forgot the fuck. I fucked up. But <laughs> so when he's in, when he was in the fountain, he gets down in the water, and he's keeping just like his eyes above the water. And we're like, what? What is like? What is he? What and is you're not he? shooting. No, we're not shooting. We're on lunch. Okay. And what does he do? Like, and again, in the commercial, he is supposed to get in the water, but this is we're on lunch. And then he gets out, he comes past us, and then he stops, turns, and he looks as he goes, for lunch, I was an alligator. <laughs> what? <laughs> I believe it, though. I believe Because he seems like he's such a fun guy. I'm like turning to Dom DeLuise. But like, he, <laughs> my head hurts from the laughing. <laughs> for lunch I was an alligator <laughs> I believe it though I believe it uh, sorry people I he's he's <laughs> he's a very like awesome guy like oh I my god he's I definitely, like definitely I would like talk about like a dream like dinner guest or something like that like just run into like oh a, yeah just having I just dinner, be his friend sharing a nice Merlot with him <laughs> I love Merlot I love you know? Merlot Cabernet, not a fan, but you know, like, what's the line sideways? Like, what was he gonna leave after? They serve a. If it's, it's Merlot. Yeah, it is he, Merlot. he hates Merlot. Yeah, he hates <laughs> ah, sideways, another movie we love. <sighs> so this film, okay. So speaking of sideways, you know how um, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people are turned off on about sideways because they're afraid it's gonna be a pretentious film about wine, but no. it's really not. No, it's out. Al- it's Alexander Payne, amazing. I feel like this film is similar. I, I think a lot of people might be turned off. If you haven't seen it, which I'm guessing you haven't, because it doesn't seem like a lot of people have. If you um, feel like that you're like you're not going to be yeah, you don't go to the you're not yeah. in the world of the highbrow uh, 
Symphony crowd. Yeah, sim- you know? yeah exactly. Like, Symphony, like the- opera, ballet, just anything like of that nature. You don't have to be. No. To, no. I, mean, I do enjoy, like, it's not like if you look at my iTunes, I do not have like a list of classical music. I'm not trying to solve that. But I Bar- do Baroque, enjoy. F- Baroque music, yes. Yeah. But classical. If it ain't no. Baroque, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Baroque. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, but this is just a great it's a great movie that I mean I was very happy to hear like a lot of the music at the end we kind of hear like the same like the beginning yeah. of this Beethoven was but, but ultimately it's just like a, like a not a love story but like a melodramatic story of relationships it's right? a story of relationships and it's a story of especially Christopher Walken's story it's just like acceptance and moving on really like I mean his I mean there's even that the little girl is reading something in the subway remember like in the oh yeah the poem yeah yeah, the poem and it's just it's just a it's a it's i i i haven't seen a movie in a a new movie in a while that i absolutely like adored and i i adore this movie yeah i also i really really enjoyed this film um it's how can i put it phil seymour hoffman is amazing in this role this is a great role for him Mm -hmm. And I feel like... So what do we always say about him, right? He brings vulnerability to the screen. Yes. And, and it makes you feel so vulnerable. Almost but almost five characters here are vulnerable for different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Not even counting Pilar, the other woman, because we don't really get much into her. No. But the quartet and the daughter, yes. they're all like sharing this level of like vulnerability. And, and it, it's amazing because yeah, they're these highbrow musicians, and in that crowd, they seem like almost rock stars. Like I guess mm-hmm. that's a bad you know thing to call. Isn't it funny? The last movie we did live was also a music film. Oh yeah, well this fits. I guess this is this part radio. And his, his music trilogy. Yeah. Try to think if there's another one. There could have been. Maybe. We'll check. We will check. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like like this is this is a good Hoffman role. Mm-hmm. Good Hoffman film. Yeah, I, 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 there's been a lot of movies in like the later years. I mean, just throughout his career, but it's just like we've really enjoyed all of his performances. Yes, we are fans of his, but I think we would admit, you know, when it's just like, ah, he wasn't good in that. And sure, I mean, he's got those small performances in Strangers with Candy and stuff like yeah, that. Whatever. Really. Like, it's not like he made that or whatever. But this was a movie again that he brought it and then it's just and it's a fantastic movie and I'm really sad that I get like that this director hasn't like done anything else done anything else I hope he wasn't like discouraged or something I hope maybe he's just very maybe I don't know so 77% by critics on Rotten Tomatoes which is a really good score yeah I think it should be a little bit higher but but it's a really good score Mm -hmm. 71% by audience that's for a movie that well I guess it doesn't matter I mean it's a lot of people didn't see it, but the people that saw it, I guess, really liked it. Yeah, so, isn't yeah. that a good thing? Isn't that yeah. what you want in a film? Yeah, no, I was just, yeah. So, a so, cu- couple of interesting facts before we kind of dive into the relationship and some scenes. Um, they obviously weren't playing their music mm-hmm. um, because, because, I mean, you can't just teach a guy in six months to be a master at, at their craft. Yeah. However, they did learn how to, like, rudimentary play. Mm-hmm. So that when they were doing the motions, they're like pretty accurate. Each one of them had a coach in their particular, Ooh. and they said Hoffman took to it the most. And I was reading an interview with him and Walken, and That's apparently awesome. he like he can't necessarily play, but he could. 
I, I'm guessing, like, from the interview, he could play it like a... He could have played it like a small level. Okay. Which, um... That's awesome. I, I think it's really cool, yeah. I was never good at instruments, like, with, like, using, like, fingers. And you were a drum major. But what? You need fingers to drum. No, you need, it's more like... I, I guess, mean, well, to, I guess to be a really good drummer, hands. you have to, like... But you don't even need two hands. Def Leppard, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't need two hands, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Were you happy that um, what's his what's that what Wallace Shaw? Yes, or, I love Wallace Shaw. Gideon, or, wait, that's oh. wait. I, so, I I did write two different. Okay, yeah, Wallace Shaw is the print, print, right with the voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he does a lot of vocal work. He does a lot. Are you? Of... A, I don't know this about. Are you a Princess Bride? Like, is that like a? Okay, are I, you a? Pr- you know, Princess Bride is a great movie. Yes, I'm not. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. I just I came to Princess Bride very late in life. Oh, okay. First time I saw Princess Bride was I I kid you not maybe two years ago, two or three years ago. What? I really? never saw it as a child. Yeah, I mean, so so I am not the biggest fan. That doesn't mean I don't like it, but I didn't grow up with it, so it's not oh. as it's not as nostalgic to me. But it is a great film and one of the greatest scripts written of all time. And I love Andre the Giant. <laughs> so so yeah. Okay, I had seen a lot of Andre the Giant clips from that film. Yes, but okay. I had, but yeah, he's great in Princess Bride. He's in a film that you and I both love as a voice, a goofy movie. He's the voice of the principal, and he's also he's a teacher in Clueless, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in Clueless. I was about to say, and then I think he's a great recent, character. Actor. Recent years, been on New Girl as the, he's yeah. the principal for no, wait, no, that's right. no, I'm sorry, that's that's no, he what he was on it, but he no, but the principal is Booger from Revenge. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, no, but he's he been wa- he's yeah. been on New Girl. I feel like whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, he's he's in so much stuff. This this is like his least character I've ever seen. If that makes sense. But he fits like kind of well in that. world. He would be in that world, correct? Yeah. So so um, the Fugue is the name of their group. Yeah. Do we know what that? I mean, looked it up. Mean the and it, no, I looked it up, and it's like a musical term, but. We're we're not here pretending that we're like know anything about this like you know quartet music and stuff. No, I I mean I, I yeah I know a little bit about music, but I know nothing of like the yeah. The, it kind of sounds like the Fugees, <laughs> another quartet in a sense. Yeah, but in a very different style of music, but equally as influential, I'm sure, in this theoretical universe. Of course, Come on. <laughs> very. So I mean, let's I mean let's talk mainly about Hoffman. But mm-hmm. what kind of uh, I guess relationships do you want to talk about in this film? I mean, so Hoffman. Uh, I mean, I can't believe we, we briefly mentioned this, but how uh, Catherine Keener and Philip Seymour Hoffman are in a film together again. Well, yeah. So they were in again one of my favorite movies to try to say, Synecdoche. Synecdoche. Nope. Synecdoche. Synecdoche, New York. There we go. And uh, then also uh, Capote. Yes. Capote, yeah. And they they are friends. They've talked about being friends. They've like again been in films before. They seem of like a similar ilk. I always like I do find like when I just like say to someone like oh watch Synecdoche, New York. Nope. See, I'm, like, even right now, it's just like I feel. I Brian can testify. I am not good on camera, and I'm not good in front of like a crowd on the in the in like the spotlight. I mean, I, 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 yes. I yeah, I'm not. That. I'm not like. That's, and it's very ironic because you call yourself the Ham El Hamon. Yeah, just yeah, and just like a regular get the get yeah. the stage fright, get the old uh, the old <laughs> the old the jitters, the old jitter, <laughs> the jitters. You just Kyle, you just gotta concentrate. Kyle, forget about it. The audience <laughs> isn't there. <laughs> All right, enough walking. 
<laughs> so, <sighs> Coffin and Keener are a couple here. Yes, they have been married for almost 25 years, it seems like, but they... No, I guess no. She, their daughter's supposed to be... I think they've been married for like 22 years or something like that. 23 years. She's in college. Yeah. So probably even less. But they, they've they been in the quartet for 25 years. Yes. It seems and like... And he fell in love with her right away. That's like the big thing. He was just like... There's a great little like documentary that they're watching of themselves. Like as a... I don't know how many years it's... What the, what that anniversary... It feels like that was covering like... Maybe the 20th or yeah, something. Because their hair looks different and yeah. stuff in it. Which is great. And yeah, so just like with Catherine Keener, or I'm sorry, with with uh, Jules, he just saw her right away because he was the last one because he was the youngest at Juilliard, right? And uh, he was a freshman at Juilliard yeah. when they were when Daniel and Jules. They were, might have been even seniors. Yeah. So just like he saw her and just you know <laughs> fell in love. Oh for, wait, for our I'm podcast sorry for audience. audio. I just did a I just did a heart. <laughs> Kyle's heart a, was fluttering. Yeah. <laughs> in Synecdoche, New York. Yes! He got yes, it. He I got, got it. it. So, what did you think of, I guess, Hoffman's well, relationship with... This is an easy movie because there's like all these characters we can go through. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go one by one. What do you think of Hoffman's relationship with Catherine Keener? Well, I mean, so they're, they've they been married for, we'll say, plus 20... We'll say 20 years, whatever. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. They've known one another for 25. It doesn't like the introduction to them what he comes up he's like made her coffee and he kind of I think wants like a little uh well morning sex maybe mm-hmm. or something like that and uh and she's very cold and says like I'm not in the mood whatever someone doesn't have to be in the mood but that's just like the initial you know glimpse into their relationship uh and then you do get I thought maybe she and Daniel were having something or had had or something had like that because even the daughter they, insinuated yes it. exactly uh exa- Alexandra uh says insinuates something or whatever but they have like a little they've been meeting on this bridge is that a is there a name to that bridge it's in Central Park it's I'm sure very, it's one of the many beautiful bridges beautiful in Central Park. Bridge, yeah and so that just the point being just from the beginning Beginning, we're led to believe that Robert and Jules aren't exactly like their relationship's not in a in a great state. Um, sorry if you hear anything in the background. That's my roommate. Uh, we're moving out of this apartment, and he's cleaning. So there's that. And so anyway, that's that's. I mean, that's Robert's relationship with Jules, and then Robert and Daniel very, as we learned, very competitive. And Robert is just. Uh, very upset for the past 25 years he's been playing second violin he thinks he has oh yeah 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 no but i wanted um just wanted to uh touch base robert is what's his name robert is philip seymour hoffman okay so i'm getting there daniel daniel is dancing and we'll jump to him in a second but more on on Catherine keener okay and him so basically it's even said in this in this that there's that great scene right where they're Purchasing the violin. Yes. First of all, awesome. I I remember learning about like again just a cool thing to show them. Yeah, world. exactly. Yeah. It's a glimpse into this world that it, you don't feel like too unattached from. But mm-hmm. I remember learning about this like years ago, 
and be like, oh my god, I never thought about how like these great musicians they play with instruments from like the sixteen, seventeen hundreds, yeah, eighteen hundreds, and it's like yeah, this was a, this was shot at Sotheby's auction house, and that was at the actual there's oh, like, cool. the Sotheby's, Sotheby's auctioneer is like a very famous auctioneer, and that was him in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, like seeing that world, so they're bidding on. A like violin, beautiful violin. That the, it's just amazing to me that they use literally like historical art pieces as their instruments. You oh yeah, you yeah. don't make like a new violin or make a new cello. No, it'd be almost like if like if now, I don't. Uh, Jack White was playing with BB King's guitar, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, stuff like, like that. Like something got like carried over but even even more <laughs> well yeah much but i mean we're talking it's about it's those. crazy cuz like i guess like all i mean correct me if i'm wrong classical musicians out there mm-hmm. it's like all the good instruments have already been like made hundreds of years ago there's like a finite number of them well he ma- but even but then daniel makes alexandra he makes the string, oh, the, bow, the but bows. Then he bought that one. He that bought like, that literal yeah, one, yeah. yeah. And we'll get into that because I want to get into their relationship. That's, that's... I love her so much, <laughs> so much. Okay, okay. Those eyes. So she had a cool apartment too. Yeah, cool I mean, so I was saying though that uh, it's a good New York movie. It is a good New York movie. Hoffman and Keener. What's her character? Oh, Jules. Jules. So Jules and Robert have this. This is a late quartet. Yes. Okay. Have a great conversation. Uh-huh. Um. Because, oh, the behind before. Yeah. yeah. Well, at this point. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into the little details here. Uh, there was an affair with We're, a very beautiful. She's supposed to be a Spaniard, right? or something. I, I don't know. But, I think but she's, she's an Israeli actress. Yes. I didn't write down her name. But yeah, I wrote it down. She's pretty good. Um, yeah. Basically, he he Robert goes some, jogging. Some, some boobs. Some Robert boobs. goes jogging in the park. I mean, let's. You know what? This is a good place to jump off on, actually. Yeah, I think this would be a nice first clip to play. What? Uh, Luraj Chahari? <laughs> okay. Chahari? Chahari. Yeah. I thought. She, I know. I thought she was possibly. Uh, that sounded like Indian to me. Mm. Yeah. I love the Balto Quartet you recommended. The fifth? Uh, explosive. Hold on, hold on a second. You liked it? Yeah. I could choreograph a piece to it. The next step is the Shostakovich cycle. You up for it? Yeah. It's all on here. Listen to it while you run. What are you playing on this one? Second violin. Always, that's my part. Always? Yeah. Without me, they'd be a lonely, frustrated trio. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, the second and first violin aren't hierarchical. They're just different roles. Different how? Well, sometimes I get the, the melody, sometimes the bass line. Uh, I connect the first violin, which tends to be the solo's part, with the viola and cello, which just flow right underneath the surface. Simply put, I, I pull it all together. That's my job. Sounds important, still. Don't you have the urge to play the solo part once in a while? Yeah. Of course. 
But so Robert goes jogging in the park, and he goes jogging with this woman, and you could tell right off the bat there's like some sexual tension. Um, yeah. She asks him about. Yeah, just like what's new, and he's saying that he's going to be playing second again. Yeah, they're going to be starting their twenty fifth anniversary. And it's going to be like a tour. It's not just. Yeah, they know they, they usually tour because it's mentioned. Um, the well, do- the Alex, yeah, they it, yeah. tour for like seven months at a time, just like around the world. Like, I mean, yeah, because he's saying like Prague and stuff. Yeah, we are not men schedule. with the money to go to a beautiful, uh, you know, <laughs> like symphony. I mean, we could go to one. I know, but this, this, I think, like the 25th anniversary of the fugue would probably be like up there. You yeah, know, okay, probably yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so she kind of plays like the a character who ignites his jealous side. Mm-hmm. Apparently, second violin is not supposed to be like an offensive thing, but obviously it's called first violin for a reason. Like That's like the lead violin. Yeah. And He sets the tone, you know, that kind of... Almost the leader, the captain of the group. So when all this is going down, um, when Christopher Walken's character is... He's saying he needs to retire, and the 25th the 25th uh, anniversary, the first show of the 25th anniversary tour is going to yes. be his last because he has Parkinson's, which we'll get into as well. Um, so, there's Hoffman's kind of thinking, or his character Robert, is thinking, like, how can we shake this up? Mm-hmm. Like, he, you could tell he's an ambitious guy, but he's never really pushed. He sees his opening, and he, he asks if he could be alternate between first and second violin, and he's shot down right away. And the person who expect- he doesn't even want to be, yeah, first, first, the only first violin. Yeah, he just, just wants like, to oh, crack this in, performance, yeah. and it's shot down. Yeah, but the person you would expect, I guess, to be your most supportive backer would be your wife. Your wife and one of the members of the quartet. And she, she's not for it either. Um, yeah, her and Jules and Daniel are like the conservatives of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, our main man even jokes about it at one time saying that they're, you know, the con- the conservatives versus the liberals, and that, you know, because Christopher Walken, P- Peter says, you know, like, ah, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because his big, yeah, his big change is that he wants to play one song without looking at the notes. Looking at the notes, yeah. Because Daniel <laughs> it seems has like crazy notes. All that's the- something that does seem like in that, like, stuck-up world that would be, like, a gimmick. Like, we would never, we, if we went to this show, we would never notice if they didn't look at their notes and play that. Yeah, but you know, to them, that's like, like oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, Pete, well, Peter, they all love the music. Like, I mean, I think they're both, they're all, and they're all passionate in their own way. Mm-hmm. But Peter is like a nerd about it. Versus, I'm sorry, not Peter. Uh, Daniel's a nerd about. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. While Robert is like, I don't know. I get it. I get. I get where Robert's coming from. He's he's stuck. He feels stuck. He feels stagnant. To him, they play the same things over and over. And yes, it's popular. But yeah. He'd almost rather do worse and try new things than just always be at the top. Of I mean, that. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm on the same page. There's I'm, 25 uh, years playing together. Me too. And, it's, I, and and the big thing about this piece is that you play. I forget how many. Again, it, I forget. It's, it's a Beethoven piece. Beethoven something 151. Yeah. Or something like that. 150 is that like? Isn't that a drink? Bacardi 151. Yeah. <laughs> they stop making it. So n- normally there's four, uh, like part, or, yeah, parts yeah, of it. We'll just call it parts. Sorry, but the, <laughs> it's been a while. Since movements, the movements. movements. Yeah. Normally there's four movements. In this one, there's seven movements, and they all have to be played in a row. In a row. That's crazy. Y- like, yeah, you can't stop. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, Robert 
<laughs> I forget his name. Phil Sirofsky. Yeah, Robert, like, he sees this opportunity to change things up a bit. Yeah. He shot down. Which um, would be cool for, again, the 25th anniversary. I don't know. Like, he gets, yeah, so he gets upset one night, kind of gets drunk, and sleeps with Pilar. He goes see her dancing Amazing Flamenco. Yeah, she's a flamenco dancer. In Espanol, you're going to Spain. You're in Spain right now, I think. I, <laughs> yes, let's share my travel plans with everyone. I, oh, my God. He's on. Uh, I am I, not yeah. in Spain when this episode airs. No, you're right before Spain. I am here, but I will be traveling in the next couple of weeks, so the illusion of these episodes being live will be kind of broken. But except today, because this one, if you're on Facebook, is actually live. Adios, amigo. <laughs> have some jamón for me. for the. I will, I will have some jamón for the jamón. Jamón ibérico. So, um, I just wanted to set up this violin purchase scene. Basically, she catches him, Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think he left a violin at her place or something. And she starts, like, she follows him for a little bit. And I, th- I believe it's in the Time Warner Center in Columbus Circle. They're like, um, he's meeting Pilar. And she. Can- mm, so uncomfortable. And she, she just catches him in the act. So uncomfortable. And he apologizes. And you could tell he feels bad because he was there not to, like, continue it. He was there to break it off. Yeah, you could. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. Yeah. She she doesn't want it. She doesn't have it, basically. And she kicks him out of the house. And he ends up, I guess, we don't see where he lives, do we? Mm. We like we don't, yeah because then that's another scene I would love to talk about Daniel visits oh yeah 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 quite. but so it's a very it, bland like yeah it's a very bland like just moved in. Yeah, yeah you can't tell it means nothing so so it's she this apartment she kicks him out but they're like the group still lives on because they're professionals yeah so um and Christopher Walken doesn't know yeah yeah they're keeping it from him they they keep a couple secrets from him until that big uh yeah full people I think the people that know the most secrets I guess are Jules and Daniel. Because Robert even finds out. About yeah, this. Robert finds out. Yeah, well, I want to talk about that scene too. So they have that great scene where they buy that instrument um, because they're still, and it looks like they're buying it together as well. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like they, a they business. Can, you well, know? They, they care about their. Do- they've obviously done very well. That's, yeah. that's a given. And then they are parents to their daughter, Alexandra, and Alexandra is studying violin. Via so you think they're both. buying it for the daughter? Is it the same? Yeah, that? that's what they're looking Okay, at. okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought so. I just wanted to confirm that with you. And so, you know, she's taking a class at, I'm assuming, Juilliard with. Yeah, Peter. I believe she's in Juilliard. Yeah. Peter, and, and then. Yeah. And then she's taking private lessons with Daniel. Yeah. So. so private lessons. Of course, in. If you ever work with somebody and you're dating them, which I've never done, but I've seen it, and then you break up and you're still having to do business things, there's, of course, the personal stuff's going to bleed into it. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's also like, this is, while it's horrible and he cheated on her after, again, 20 plus years, I'm assuming, of marriage and knowing her for 25, it's, you know, it's different than obviously, like, dating on someone for a little while and then being at work. Of course, of so course. So it's just like, so on top of that, and they are incredible professionals in their, you know, quartet that they continue practicing for... Yeah, yeah, and of while, course... While Peter's for, also for taking this, this last, Yeah, for this last performance as well. But their con- the conversation they have is so like, oh my god. Because it's like, essentially it's like, you never really loved me, you were only oh, with yeah. me because... Yeah, yeah. You were only with me because of, of the the child... Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, I'm sorry, I just want to find it exactly... Both of us knew going in, it wasn't going to be easy. <laughs> no, no, that was that was exciting back then, but uh, we've had our ups and downs. But on a whole, I think, I think our marriage is a good one. 
so I, I, I can't believe that one truly regrettable night's gonna ruin all that. See, I've loved you madly since the moment I met you. But I've always feared deep down that you felt like you were forced into it. That you wouldn't have married me if you didn't get pregnant. Because in so many ways, you haven't really been there. Not completely. And I've learned to live with that, you know, expecting one day that you'll, you know, finally want to be closer to me. I did away with my dreams of uh, composing and playing other forms of music. And I did it gladly, without reservation for us to be together. To play. To have a child. Do you really love me? Or am I just convenient? Like you said, are were you ever in love with me? I love what he says to the guy because then someone else buys the violin at the auction. He's like, "Congratulations, you just bought a quality violin from someone." You know, because at that point we're assumed that, it, it, and we'll get into it, but we're assumed that it's somebody just like maybe for something in their home. Yeah, you know, like a like a rare artifact kind of thing. Yeah, it start. I think it, the bidding starts for this violin at fifteen thousand, and it goes up and sells for twenty five. I think that's what it started at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy. <laughs> quarter, I would be like me holding, like breaking it. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you dropped that thing. There was something recently in social media. Some, uh, I think, like uh, I think she was like an Asian American like musician student or something like that had some beautiful like I think it was a cello. And she got it put on the plane, like, but it, like it was wrapped up perfectly and everything. They said it was okay, and then it comes around on the thing. It's completely crushed. Oh. And it was this thing that was like from like the 1700s. Wow, yeah. that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, so so we're basically. I I want to set up like the big ending here. So we're basically there with this relationship, correct? Mm-hmm. It, it's falling apart, but they're still gonna, you know, they're still gonna play. Um, now I kind of want to get into it. It's not a Hoffman relationship, mm-hmm. but the relationship between um, the daughter and... Why, why do I keep forgetting his name? Dan- Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he started making me question it. And the daughter's <laughs> name is... Alexandra. Alexandra. Daniel and Alexandra. So as you mentioned, Daniel, whose first violin, a meticulous, meticulous performer. And like he's like intimidating. Intimidating, you know? yeah. He, um... He is so like he's he's largely considered the master in his field i almost found he's it, a perfectionist i almost found he's, it kind of ins- not insulting but like when christopher walken's character is like oh why don't you teach her when his when her father is also a violin player no but also i mean but robert pushes for it too uh, yeah no when i first robert doesn't deny like daniel's talent i know but in his, in his first, when they first announced it, I'm like, oh my god! But then when I saw how, yeah. like, I'm like, oh okay, so it's not that big of a deal. So, so he's like really teaching her how to be passionate about it, how to be meticulous and passionate about it. He has her play the same note like three or four times. Yeah, and he's like, and, and he says like, stop. Yeah, stop. Read Beethoven's autobiography. Yeah, like doing three this. books, four books of his. And you could tell that they have like an attraction to each other, despite like the age difference. Yeah, well, at first, it seems like she does more at first and he's just kind of calling her out on being like you just care more about like even there though I, f- I felt it like I felt like okay what's gonna happen here this yeah. is gonna eventually where they go to that horse farm to get like just the kiss in the stables <laughs> yeah, to get horse hairs horse hairs and that's they need that for the the strings or the bow or for the bow for the bow okay yeah. so 
they have a weird relationship. Yeah, I mean that it starts with she kisses him at the stables and he kind of stops. Stops because I mean that's yeah. his colleague's daughter and he's her teacher. Teacher and I mean yeah, and he's you know got to be you know he's twenty plus years older than her so. But I don't know. Okay, so they end up dating, like seriously dating. Like there's that whole apartment scene. Yeah, well, where he, yeah, Jules Alexander's mother is coming over. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's that's weird because she catches him. But so she comes up, they sleep with each other. One of two sex scenes again. So Pilar, like, there's two like sex scenes we see, right? We don't really see, we don't see actually like Alexandra's like sex scene. You yeah, see him laying in bed. No, she's on top of him. He's on top of her. We don't see anything though. Really. Well, it's not porn. We don't see anything no, anywhere. No, but Pilar's is much more graphic. Okay, fair, fair. Another Hoffman sex scene. I know, boy. I that did guy, you, before. I wanted to quote Silicon Valley season two right then, but I'll keep it to before it. Before we uh, did this podcast, would you have ever guessed that there was this many Philip Seymour Hoffman sex scenes? I just, even though I had like, I guess, seen a lot of this being one I didn't see, but like, no way. I just when I didn't, I don't think, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't think of him like that way. As, no, no, of course. The only not. one I definitely remembered was just because it's intense is the before the devil knows you. <laughs> okay, this is very. I yeah. hear you. <laughs> so, anyway, so they have sex. I mean, um, Daniel. Yeah. And Alexandra. And the first time is she thinks it's her mom and she opens up the door yeah. and it's him. Yeah, and like, as you mentioned, her mom comes up and he escapes through the fire escape, mm-hmm. but she tells her mom right away. And it's almost like... It, well, she wouldn't have, but she sees his car. She sees his car, but she also doesn't try to hide it, and she's pretty, la- not proud, but she has this feeling of almost... I uh, My theory on it is that she was kind of more doing it to get back at her mom. That, I mean, she's. I mean, she is very... Like a better word, like outspoken slash defiant. But we learned that this kind of comes from a place of resentment because since she says you like you weren't a good mother, she yeah. it gets to a point that, that is rough. She says this one and Catherine Keener in like an amazing just like acting moment, the way she delivers like why are you being so cruel or you are so cruel. I forget exactly how she says it, but because Alexandra says to her, if I was in your shoes. I would have gotten an abortion because the whole thing is she, you know, got pregnant before she and Robert were married, and she's yeah, this talented still, musician. And they and still went on the long tours. So long, long was, tours, like, and raised was, by nannies and yeah. stuff. So it just a very. So I, I think a lot of that inspired her to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was necessarily in love, like she said. Yeah. I think she was like a younger person, and she was a little confused. But what's his name? Like Daniel is actually in love. Yeah, and he's never been like he's like I've uh, you know I can't do a because uh, he's supposed to be Israeli in the movie. Well, uh, he's they say he's foreign. They say he moved to that country. Yeah. So I'm and not even sure. and our main man does like in that documentary does an impression of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it just he's he's like I've never been in a relationship before, and I've never loved someone like this before, and I'm not gonna let the or he maybe he he's never been in a relationship, and he's not going to let someone that he loves go this time. So it seems like he's put, again, he's always just put the career, whether he needed to or not, in yeah. mo- his mind he I has mean, had to. He's made the decision that, like, the music, the... Music the, comes first, few, that lifestyle, the fugue first. Yeah. But not, like, the friendship of the fugue, the music of the fugue comes yes. first. You no, know, his absolute, like, like, 
just adoring, just like Beethoven, like that's just like trying. I mean, and again, they're all passionate people, but they're just like it's very. They're all from like a different spectrum of like passion. And he, what's not weird but kind of interesting is the fact that like he's willing to give up the fugue for this girl. Mm. You know, like he's willing to just. And he mentions, let's start our own band, essentially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. So, like, it, it is very important. And so so back to Hoffman for a bit. They, Like you mentioned, they have a very interesting relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to happen the way, where he's not, no matter what, going to let Hoffman be first violin. And, and you, you brought it up before. They, uh, they, Daniel and Robert have a great conversation. Yes. Where where Daniel comes to Robert's apartment and, and Robert he seems drunk. He's got like a vodka bottle there. Uh or, or uh, no. Daniel it was is drunk? Someone brings a vodka bottle. No, Robert is there drinking it was a it was, I think it was a scotch or a whiskey. Okay, or whatever. It's a clear bottle. Yeah. Oh, that was all you were <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, so so, so uh, they have this great like drunk. It's bothering me that I don't remember what because I remember being like, oh, what's that? Oh, okay. <laughs> they have this great conversation, though. It just like, and it just shows like how they feel about each other. But yeah, just the Daniel. I mean, Robert's been having like a lot of. It's like this is like his moment of like resentment. Like, yeah, come, you know. And this is where we see a lot of those thoughts that we talked about come out again. Like, like this is he essentially is like this is your band, you know. Like this is this is not a quartet. This is like Robert is telling Daniel like you've. Essentially, that he's kind of been like a dictator of how everything's been going. Yeah, that's no longer. It's like he is in charge of three people. It's not. Yeah, it's totally not like they might be four people. There are only four people playing. It's not the, like uh, teamwork anymore. It's just yeah. I mean, I feel like that's gonna naturally happen in any band, like the Beatles. I guess the most famous like quartet, sure, in popular music. People said that about Paul McCartney, you know, that he was pulling too many of the strings, or and there was a lot of resentment there. A- a- and you get that here for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, practicing obsessively doesn't make your playing perfect. It actually sucks the life right out of it. It's it's rigid and and monotonous and and self-loving and safe. Jesus, Robert, would you stop being so childish? Please, yeah, I know it's it's a challenging the game whole for you. It's challenging for group all of us. Is going down this path that you have yes, us on. I understand that. The way you play is the way the quartet plays, and it's the same thing over and over and over and over. I am in my 40s. We've been playing since we were in our early 20s. That is where you've taken this group. But if if we keep it together, now we have Nina. That is where you have taken this group. That is where we have let you take this group. I have let you do that. A disservice. You're not even willing to play Beethoven without your notes. Uh, Unleash your passion. Man, unleash your passion. What are you afraid of? You have the three of us to cover your ass. Unleash your passion. Just to touch on the walking thing, because I think we need to address it. I did write down. I love how he says. uh, Oh, sorry. He says, you know, like 
uh, Daniel says, like, what were you thinking? Because he, he really goes there kind of uh, to confront him about, like, his thing is the Robert cheating on Jules. And that I just love Robert getting into, and he's like, unleash your passion. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, he kind of ends up doing by sleeping with Robert's daughter, Alexandra. Yeah. Like having, so that was the passion that I guess he... So uh, there's another reading of this film that we're definitely not going to get and we're not addressing a lot because we don't know. So that um, that Beethoven piece that they're playing, mm-hmm. apparently the film script is supposed to mimic that. Or some people say that. In its like p- pace. Pace and seven parts and okay. like... Hmm. You and I are not going to get that. I'm going to listen to Dark Side of the Moon with the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah, you and I are not going to get that. Yeah. But that, I mean, the, like that beat, these beats, I, I, if that's true, I can get sort of the where... Measures. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I can get sort of where it's coming from. So I just want to touch on the walk-in thing. You mentioned like he should have freaking been nominated for an Oscar for this. Wow. Um, how like I I have people in my family who have suffered from Parkinson's and it is like it's a very debilitating thing mm-hmm. and this is a man not I mean we all make our living with our hands I hate when people say that most of us do you know yeah but like I hate is, like oh, my it's, all, it's my his hands. work but it's his passion it's it's all I mean he has Jules and Robert and, and Daniel. Jules we should mention Jules is like a daughter to him like, yeah like like her parents died and they, yeah they essentially. And Walken's wife had just died. He just he is coming back. I'm sorry. What's his character name? Because I feel Peter. Like, Peter. Okay. Peter. Yeah, Peter Mitchell. Peter, Mitchell. Peter, yeah. Peter Luger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter Mitchell. Yeah. Peter's wife, like as you mentioned, just died. Yes, Miriam. Miriam. And so he was in like a little sabbatical hiatus, whatever you want to call it. And they had this other cellist, a N- Nina younger, Lee. Yeah. Nina Her name Lee. is Nina Lee. And, and that's also who he, so Nina Peter, Lee is actually a musician. She, and you know how I could tell is cause when she comes on stage and the end is playing and the veracity yeah. of her face like that's the whole thing you watch like like the few like string ensembles like the real true musicians when they're getting into that music like just the yeah you know like they, they get into it <laughs> and she's actually in the group that plays the music the real quartet that played the music that, for the, this quartet for the yes that they use in this movie yes okay so uh she is um she's like temporary replacement she's the one they're trying to recruit to be um peter's replacement Oh, yes, yeah, and that's yeah, that's Peter's recommendation. Daniel won't have it at first, but then like, and I mean, also Jules says almost from once finding that out, like she is thinking about just leaving in general before even anything with the Robert and everything. Like yeah, that. she just thinks. I mean, and again, I'm mean, 25 years, pretty good run for for their time. quartet. They could keep playing else, you know, with other people, a solo, join a join an orchestra. Honestly, that could Do be like a or, good, or retire. That would, that would be like Teach. a good thing for. Robert though, like Robert, Robert could easily become first string or first violin. Yeah, and we won't get into it yet. We will, but we don't know what happens after this concert. No. So, so it, it all builds to this moment, like because they don't get a lot of practice before this performance. No. It's just a couple times of practice, and it's mostly because Peter's hands. Mm-hmm. He, he's waiting for the medication to kick in, and he just can't like play straight so they have this i guess it would be their i don't know if they have a full practice before this or we see a full practice before no but it comes to yes a cataclysm of (laughs) so there's this huge uh dramatic scene where they're practicing and there's like sniping at each other 
and it's revealed because, like, like you said, Catherine Keener knows about the affair with the daughter. It's not yes. really an affair, I guess, but you know the Pe- Peter knows the least. Peter knows the least. Then Robert, and then I guess Jules and Daniel know the mo- yeah. Know- they know about both things. Yes, and then Peter finds out that well, he's that- like, "What's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> Peter finds out about the the sex with the daughter and also the affair of Robert. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, the the affair, and then yeah, the daughter and Robert finds out at the same time, and Robert just like excuse like I thought he was gonna start like weeping, but he like puts down his violin and just goes up and fucking punches Daniel. Robert, yeah, yeah. And Peter, like Peter's hurt, like a father almost would yeah. be hurt of like a family. So fighting like ashamed, like, like this won't, none, not this in my house. Like I want, I'm gonna go upstairs when I come back down. I don't want anyone here. Just very like, like your mentor again. That's kind of that's the interesting, like you know, our main man plays a lot of great mentors. Like this is like Walken's the mentor in this yeah. movie, and it's uh, and he does a oh, he's such a fantastic. People, you know, watch this say, movie. Watch this movie. Watch, watch walking. So, so you know why it's called the Late Quartet? Uh, because of T. S. Eliot's poem of. It was called that. Yeah. Okay. That yes, but there's a couple reasons. It's like a multi-meaning thing. Oh. That Beethoven piece they're playing is one. Of, it's considered one of his late quartets, as he had written yeah, it late in his, in his career. Yeah. It's also the late, late of the career in there performances you know mm-hmm. like it's their potentially last performance yes and i don't know maybe they're late to get to the stage i'm not sure i don't know yeah we were late to this podcast but uh brief yeah no brief. but he said yeah brief about a couple minutes but yeah in the beginning uh walken is talking to his class and he's he was reading t- uh t.s Eliot about beethoven's late quartet so it's beethoven so it's a poem t.s Eliot talking about Beethoven. yeah okay i don't think it's called a late quartet though no not t- yeah so that's why I was confused. Yeah. yeah, but it's about that, yes. So, basically, Peter, as, like, the father and the mentor, gets the band back together. I'm sorry. I thought this movie was going to go in such a horrible direction. For, I love I love this movie. Love it. Wow. But there's that moment that he goes on top of the roof. I'm like, no, 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 Who? no, no. Oh, Peter. Oh, oh, no. I didn't think that. He goes to the edge. He's looking down. He has just Parkinson's. Oh, like he would fall? No, that he's... That I was thinking he was just like... I can't... Like, my... Like, his... Wife has passed away. He has Parkinson's. He's gonna mm. lose, like, his passion. Okay. And now his, like, you know, uh, adoptive okay. musical family. Like... You can't tell me, like, another movie hasn't gone that direction with someone like... True, I was just more hopeful. Yes, <laughs> but, no, but, so, a movie that I was Also, really the opening in, scene uh, is clearly, like, the closing scene. That's what, yeah, all of a sudden I went, like, oh, that is, because I, I realized that because PSH shaves his, uh... Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I re- yeah, I realized that. No, but I was, I was thinking... No, I hear you, I hear you, okay. So, it does, that doesn't happen, though. He gets no. the band back together by having kind of... Couple conversations here, or there, mm-hmm. and we have our, our our performance. But before the performance, there's that great teaching scene from Peter. Do you remember that? Yeah, that where he... he's telling the story of meeting that that renowned musician, mm-hmm. and he says the whole thing where like he first time he met him, he played like crap, and the second time he met him, he also played like crap, and then he saw him again years later, and he's like, "I'm sorry for playing like crap," and the musician got upset, and he was like. Uh, it's a great story. Watch that clip if you can. But it, it, where he's like, what does he say? 
he's like, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? And like, like I actually had that great musician took things from him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's. I mean, hey, we learned it in the Last Jedi too. It's just like their fa- failures are the greatest like lessons. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, if we want to like dumb Story it down, all this time, yeah, like it's just like silver lining thing. You yeah, know? like in every bad, there's good. Yeah, and um, you know, like that's it. It almost sets a hopeful tone for this ending. And then the ending, they all there's a stage. What a beautiful, like beautiful end- ending, and just like exit for the character of uh, Peter. I, and I read both Hoffman and Walken said they enjoyed shooting this scene so much because there was actually a crowd there. And as, as performers, it's almost like a stage thing. You yeah. Know? And while they weren't like necessarily playing the music and it took two days to shoot, they're still performing for a crowd. Do you know what venue that is? That I looked it up. That's actually, and there was no way of us knowing this, it was actually in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, okay. They have, and I didn't know this. They have a theater maybe it was in like there. Lincoln Center. I don't know. I, I, I would think I thought it was Lincoln Center too, but and that's why I wanted to look up like what exact theater. But it was in Met- Metropolitan Museum of Art. <laughs> you know, there's that empty stage. They just walk in, and they're all. The- At first, it's just like I'm like, you, like I'm again now. Then realizing, oh, the beginning mm-hmm. is the ending or whatever. Which maybe they shouldn't have done. No, they should. No, I personally don't think they should have. Yeah. yeah, you know that might have made it create a little bit more suspense. But it was still suspenseful. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they were just gonna sit down and someone walk out or something, yeah. or or just it would just be Nina come on and yeah. not walk in. But walking yeah. comes on. Yeah. They all come on. They all start playing, and they're playing good, and it sounds awesome. And you can tell that people are really into it. I'm always, I'm very intrigued. I don't know if this is Hoff fans. If one of you like knows uh, the world of, uh, you know, like performing with strings and stuff like that, I've been to shows that uh, as a cellist, he he uses like a piano bench, and the rest of them have chairs. Now I know, like you know, that's much. You know, you're using your neck, so maybe you want to like lean back a little bit, holding it. And you know, cellist, you're like, you don't maybe need the back support because you're like going in. I don't know, but I just found that very interesting. That is a cellist. I didn't pick that you up. Need a separate seats cool. seat. We, you could talk about that on your chair podcast. On my chair podcast, <laughs> I'll talk about that scene from Knocked Up when when uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one of our favorite people of all time, Paul and, Rudd. Thank you, Paul Rudd is just like. There's five chairs in here. This is way too many chairs. One man's <laughs> job is to pick out all these chairs. <laughs> sorry, oh, side, side. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about... Um, the tall one's gawking at me, and the short one's being very droll. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a 40-year-old virgin when they're in those, like, one, two chairs, and one of them's, like, that ab chair. Yeah, one's a speaker chair, and one's, like, like an ab, yeah. like, workout chair. Anyway, we're actually having a podcast about chairs now, which yes. is a terrible move on our part. <laughs> <laughs> so... So anyway, so they have this performance, and I don't know, more than midway through, but not exactly. I think they have only one or two movements left. Yeah. Um, Walken just can't do anything. He just, he can't keep up with the tempo. But it seems like it was planned, like, because... It, it was, it was, she was a backup battery. She, Nina is there in stage right. I know which stage is what side. And, <laughs> yeah, so he, and he says this great, so subtle, so understated, simple speech, but it's so beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, just, yeah, just the crowd that is like, and he it's explains, privilege. he's like, thank you. He doesn't mention I have Parkinson's, I have to quit or anything like no. that. But he says, thank you so much, I can no longer keep up. 
Nina is a great musician. Yeah. She's coming in to replace me. Thank you. And it's just, it's a beautiful moment because you see the emotion in the other actors' oh, faces. It's just, yeah, again, it's our, like, our uh, I'm sorry, what's the, the actor from Princess Bride? Uh, oh, Wallace Shaw. Yeah, just like he's, he's in the audience. Yeah, he's yeah. in the audience. And then Peter goes and he sits with Alexandra. It looks almost more all the way in the back or maybe in the balcony a little bit. Uh, yeah, Peter sits with Alexandra. But if you notice, like holds her hand. if you notice Robert and Juliet have a little like words on the stage yeah. while this happens and he really comforts Julia because Julia I feel like is they the, seem like to have yeah like a nice moment Julia I feel like is the one who's hurt the most by Peter leaving for sure like because that was like a surrogate father yes. for her and they have like a very comforting moment that you're hopeful for their I think relationship Robert even shakes his hand but he doesn't I don't think he shakes Daniel's hand Peter that is I think hmm, I'm not sure yeah and he's very like I mean in the end I guess I mean Robert did you know it was the one time cheating horrible thing but it, there was some problems going on in their marriage. Like, yeah. D- Daniel, definitely, that's the most... I'm sorry. You know, that's... It's, your, it's, it's yeah, it's your band members. Uh, oh, yeah. Member we we totally we yeah. totally skipped this just for context. Um, Alexandra ended things. Yes. Peter asks uh, Daniel to end things. He says no, and he's going to quit the band. And Alexandra en- ends things. And again, for a couple reasons. One, I don't really believe 100% that she loved him like that. Yeah, I think, you know, she's... Just a young person, you know. Yeah, just, like, fell in love with the passion and just, like, this... And a little bit to piss off her parents. Yes, a hundred... I mean, I think of more than a little bit. But it's... She also... She loves the fugue, too, because she almost breaks up with him after watching that documentary. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm not going to be the reason that this great thing yeah, breaks I mean, she, up. Like, it's not... Had, that's not worth it f- for me. Yeah, she really... As much as you'd almost think, like... I mean, she resents... Even more so her mom, she's always defending her dad, Robert... They seem to have a better relationship. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But uh, she is in like in love with the music, and you almost think like she would resent that world since that was the thing that kept her parents. But yeah, yeah. So so you know I, that looks like it's gonna go okay. Mm-hmm. I I think that Hoffman and. Um, Keener are going to get back together, but who knows? I, I think so. I don't too. know if the band stays together or not. Who knows? But it's a good ending to a good film, and it ends right there. Yeah. I like that it has, like, goes into a nice title card. It has the five main actors, like, on the screen, you know, names on the screen. It's just a very. It's just a. It's a people, it's a really good movie that I was genuinely. I wasn't, like, surprised by it being good, per se, but it's just, it's fun to watch a movie that came out a little while ago, obviously, yeah, for which sure. making a podcast about is one of our favorite actors, and it's just an all-around great movie. Definitely. Anything else you want to mention about The Late Quartet? Or A Late Quartet? Um, no, I just, again, please go, please watch it. Thanks for watching us on this. Uh, but, you know, watch watch a late quartet i watched on amazon you know it's, it's so it's out there it's easy ex- easily accessible so what do we have next week on the podcast uh next week we have catching fire hunger games right hunger or, games catching fire the, the second installment of that series so we first not, for us yes we yeah we're not covering the first hunger games because he's movie. not in it so watch you know if you want to you're gonna listen to the episode we have a little homework for you yeah watch the first hunger games and we have a great we have a great guest from uh cage club.me cage club network yeah. wistful thinking thinking cara gail o'regan yeah she's one of the co-hosts she's been on once before with us with for patch adams. Uh, patch adams a little different this movie hunger games yeah we're are. excited to talk about it. i've never seen any hunger games so i'll catch up on my hunger games. yeah actually and this is this two movies in a row that i uh 
There's a lot of later ones I hadn't seen, but I mean, Hunger Games is more, like that was the Catching Fire was the top movie that year, and I hadn't seen it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but definitely looking forward to that. Um, follow us on Facebook. Well, if you're watching us, you're probably already following us on Facebook. But definitely like us, follow us on Facebook because if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the video and you for some reason want to see what our faces look like, <laughs> uh, become our our uh, like us on Facebook, I should say. But comment. We love hearing your comments. A lot of good comments have been coming in. Yes. For the master, maybe we'll like uh no, it's, yeah read some of them because oh, pol- the polarizing film, one of Kyle's favorites. And if you haven't heard that episode, please listen to that episode and all our other episodes. Catch up. And catch up. Yeah, and every all great. I, I forget we asked we we're gonna be uh, talking with Joey and uh, Michael, the co-creators of Cage Club, one last time before this podcast ends. But I forget they're up to an insane amount of podcasts on the network. Yeah, tons of podcasts on the network. So check them all out. Check them all out. Check our show out. We're on iTunes. Everything you know, anything. If you can get a podcast, you'll find our podcast there. Yes. And uh, thanks so much for listening, as always. And Kyle, do you thanks, want? guys. Oh, uh, yeah, our line. <laughs> Stay uncool. Thank you. Stay uncool. Thanks, guys. Stay uncool. Stay uncool. Stay in school. Stay in school by staying uncool. Wait, no, that's not good advice. Not good advice at all. Thank you. I believe in miracles.